Caldwell Medicine Review, episode 80 for Thursday, January 11th, 2018. Welcome to the show. You are listening to the ultimate underground news podcast. So underground that not even top hipsters know or brag about listening to this show. Or perhaps they don't brag about listening to this show because they're embarrassed. Either way, I got some interesting topics tonight, that's for sure. I just watched that whole Oprah speech, finally, that came out, I don't know, earlier this week. You know, it made the news because NBC... They posted a tweet that was deleted. They said a third party, whatever that means. Uh, it says, our president, or this is our president, or something like that. Uh, it's an Oprah speech. And so all this president talk about Oprah, um, probably probably because, I don't know, Oprah says something about a presidential run. A while back, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I listened to the speech. I don't really get it. It was it was just about it was her standing up in front of a sea of Hollywood people talking about you know women stuff, women empowerment stuff. You know the the typical whatever kind of like it was politician like in the in the sense that it was seemed to be pandering and. I don't know, for me, I just, I think uh, she took that route because apparently she was the first black woman to win something. I don't know, but everybody's abuzz about this. Everybody's worried. So, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come out of that. I, I mean, I really don't think it'd be interesting anyway if Oprah ran, but I honestly couldn't see her winning. I think she'd be a media favorite, but I think she would probably tank pretty fast in the polls after being high, but that's my prediction. You know, I didn't really think all that much that Trump could win. I wasn't ruling him out like some people, like saying, oh, there's no way he's going to win. Roseanne Barr apparently mentioned something about this Oprah speech. She said she tweeted, "I'd be a better." Roseanne Barr told reporters, "Okay, that's an autoplay video. Uh, I'd be a better president than Oprah, Susan Sarandon, or Trump, or something like that." Roseanne is uh, nothing. Well, she's not a stranger to talking about po- uh, political stuff. The first I heard her talk about the politics type stuff was around the Occupy Wall Street thing. I think she called in to the Alex Jones show, InfoWars, or, oh no, Alex Jones radio show, and giving her some some of her opinions on that. She, uh, I don't think I'd vote for her, but she's pretty interesting. There's There are some long-form inter- interviews with her online. I think that she did something with Joe Rogan, maybe somebody else. And, uh, you know, she's interesting to listen to. I think she believes in weird things like a pay cap or something like that. You can only be so rich in a country. 
and so forth. Not that I think some of the super rich got that way because of, you know, underhanded deals and things like that, but uh, in a true free market scenario, in a fair trade scenario, if somebody's really that rich, um, they're, they're probably doing something right. Uh, what else? There's a lot of stuff in the news. Uh, I guess Ahmed Didenjad. I don't think I ever pronounced that correctly. Ahmed Ahmadinejad, the former Iranian president, uh, he was arrested, and I believe that's just a house arrest. Uh, but he was, well, he became a professor, from what I remember, and I think he was arrested for kind of anti-government speech. I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit. And there's some weird speculation. Well, there's some protests in Tehran. There's some uh, goofy articles going around saying it's it's because of a, uh, what is it? I don't know, a, a Twitter or Instagram thing called the Rich Kids of Tehran, and now they're protesting. I, I don't know about that, um, but I'll, I'll comment on it a little bit. Uh, Trump's fake news awards. This kind of news to me. That's going to come out next week, Wednesday. Um... Bannon apologizing, backing away. I don't think Trump is in any kind of mode of forgiveness right now. I watched something recently with him, and Trump is now calling him Sloppy Steve. Uh, Trouble at uh, JFK Airport. Uh, Oh, this is pretty pretty, uh, significant news. Cliven Bundy. He uh, he walks free. Judge dismisses the case. Touch on that in a little bit. Twitter shadow banning. It's a new Project Veritas claim. They released a video. It's uh, heavily edited, and I not that I don't appreciate you know some of the things that Project Veritas does, but it'd be nice if they released more of uh, more unedited more unedited things rather. So you can dispel the claims that he's you know selectively editing these these things a lot of the i guess so-called left media will say that because he's been in court for things of that nature uh, and i think that was for the acorn thing i don't know if he was ever taken to court other than that but and from what I remember, I, I think when the one of the last times they got accused of selectively editing things, I think Project Veritas did release the full interviews, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going off of memory here, so sorry for the fake news. If it's fake, Walmart closing a bunch of Sam's Club stores. According to Zero Hedge, firing thousands the same day at raised minimum wages. And uh, uh, alleged threat, according to CNBC, uh, of internet attacks for Amazon. So the threat was the language CNBC used. We'll touch on that a little bit too. Now the article I have on Ahmadinejad is from the 6th. So I'm going to do a quick search here for something updated. 
pretty much my format for the show, if you're new, is I bookmark and then cover. So not a lot of news past uh, the last few days or, or news within the last few days. But I think I can pick something more recent than the 6th. The trouble with Google News, though, is it's hard to find good sources sometimes. I don't know this source. It's called the Cashmere Monitor. It doesn't work. So I'm going to go off of this article. Uh, Union. It's spelled U-N-I-A-N. Dot info. And, um, and then this other one, timesofisrael.com. So there's an article on the Union or Onion or whatever it is. Uh, Iranian ex-president Ahmadinejad arrested for inciting unrest. The Iranian regime, headed by Ali Khamenei, or however that's pronounced, has reportedly arrested former President Ahmadinejad in Shiraz City for inciting unrest and more demonstrations following the statements he made earlier in Bushehr, according to Al-Arabia, referring to Al-Quids, al Arabi. That's a lot of alls. I don't know if that's all the alls, but let's continue on here. Authorities are now seeking to place Ahmadinejad under house arrest with Khamenei's approval. The Al-Quads, Al-Arabi newspaper wrote, citing reliable sources in Tehran, Al-Arabia reports. During a visit to Bushehr city last Late December, Ahmadinejad has said that Iran suffered from mismanagement and that current President Hassan Rouhani and his government, quote, believe that they own the land and the people are an ignorant society, end quote. That's what the newspaper reported. Uh, And continuing on with a quote here, some of the current leaders uh, live detached from the problems and concerns of the people and do not know anything about reality of society. So definitely, that's that's some pretty tame stuff compared to what the politicians in the U.S. say. Uh, The article in the, the Times of Israel said they could not independently confirm that report of his arrest. And I'm actually not seeing, I'm seeing more news about the protests than the arrest personally. Now I know you I think USA Today, or from what I've heard, USA Today and another outlet, they used false photos for the protest already, or they were caught with that. They used photos from another event that was a couple days earlier. But that's really nothing new in the news. I think some outlets will probably use the same photo. They'll just copycat, assume it's from uh, actual or the actual event that the article is talking about. The protests that have been talked about in these articles is in uh, Mashhad, Iran, which is the second largest city there. 
And those happened on December 28th and uh, have since spread to other cities, according to this article on timesofisrael.com, which is an outlet I'm not very familiar with. Now, I'm back to the article on Onion, or Union, or whatever it is. Uh, claims that protests have rocked Iran, uh, have, or the protests that have rocked Iran have reached the 11th consecutive day on Sunday. And so that's today is Friday. Or Thursday, rather. So I'll quickly look up uh, a more recent article on those. Uh, but according to this article that was published on Sunday, the government's official number of deaths in this uprising is 22. However, the opposition announced that the toll has reached 50. Looks like the media is out in full force um, in support of the uh, nuclear deal. That was passed uh, during the Obama administration. I'm seeing a lot of articles about that. European powers urge Trump to preserve Iran nuclear deal from Reuters. Want to support the Iranian people? Keep the nuclear deal by... Uh, that's from Political, Political Magazine. Uh, EU and Iran foreign ministers meet in support of nuclear deal. The Guardian... Europe urges Trump to honor Iran nuclear deal from CNN. So it'll be interesting to see what Trump does there. Trump has railed against the Iran deal quite a bit. Another article in The Nation, how Trump could use the Iran protests to kill the nuclear deal. So you can see that's it's a lot more... Um, you know, the nuclear deal is uh, more heavily focused on in the news than... A lot of the other things, but here's an article on Forbes from 12 hours ago, Iran protests, what we're learning. So this is an article from today, from this morning, Iran protests, what we are learning by Hezmat Alavi. I'll wait until this video loads so I can pause it. Article claims Iran's state media claims the protests have come to an end. The results similar to that of 2009. It says, Yet the world is witnessing how further cities and towns are expressing their aberrance over the ruling elites. Tehran is pointing fingers at Washington, London, Israel, and Saudis is nothing new. This is uh, from a quote. As well as Washington... Uh, let's see. I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. The Tehran government reportedly pointing fingers at Washington, London, Israel, and the Saudis. So that's not just speculation from Iran. I was watching a video of Gerald Salente from the Trends Journal, and he made an interesting case about how the U.S. and Saudi Arabia and Israel have been planning for a while to start a war with Iran and it's not just a coincidence that the protests are starting now I thought that was interesting you know not that the Iranian people don't have a regime to uh, protest there 
I don't think the human rights are the best, you know, considering what Ahmadinejad reportedly was arrested for. That kind of soft criticism. Soft compared to the United States. Uh, you know, if that's true, he's arrested for that. The uh, human rights situation isn't the greatest, but I don't know if you can really make the argument that they're much worse than Saudi Arabia, who's supposedly an ally. Well, this article on Forbes claims uh, the recent wave of protests is setting the grounds with new sets of rules and understandings, and there's three here. I'll just read them real quick. Number one, the Iranian people no longer fear in expressing their true feelings, seen in the nationwide slogan of death to comedy. Again, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, but I'll continue. Such a brave measure in the past would bear the potential of earning you a heavy prison term, if not a death sentence. Well, I think if Ahmadinejad said death to a comedy, um, he, maybe he wouldn't be under a house arrest. Maybe he'd be in jail. So I, I don't, I don't know if that's entirely accurate. Yeah, they're, they're probably shouting that now, but they might not have the forces to individually. Uh, pick those people from a crowd and arrest them. I'm not really sure what's going on there. But continuing on, number two. Unlike previous uprisings, these demonstrations are mushrooming across the country, reaching over 130 cities and towns, according to the activists. Places less heard of before, such as Isa, Darud, Shahin Shahar, and etc. are now seen leading the grown wave of protests. Brave demonstrators are threatening the regime's very pillars to an extent that security forces have opened fire and killed dozens of protesters, arresting thousands, according to reports. The final one uh, being, from the second day of this uprising, protesters have shown their overcoming prior fears through responding to the security forces' attacks and quelling. State vehicles, motorcycles, makeshift police Stations and other facilities are being set ablaze by protesters in response to the regime's unbridled crackdown. And then I mentioned a couple other of those articles. One on Business Insider, the rich kids of Tehran are fueling Iran's protests. That's, that's the, the rich kids of Tehran is a Instagram page, I believe. So just one of those, it seems like a goofy article speculating or just purely based on speculation. Boy, a lot of news sites you can't even read without ad blocker. You can't read with ad blocker, rather. I mean, it's it's funny I said that because it is hard to read news without ad blocker because you have these obnoxious ads blinking at you. But some of these articles I'm opening up in a different browser just so I can read them. So I can go back to the old one. So this article on Business Insider says Iran recently erupted in countrywide protests that brought out crowds both condemning and supporting the government. So on and so on and so on. Quote, when occasional Maserati roars through the crowded streets of Tehran, past crowded buses and shabby domestic sedans, pedestrians sometimes unleash streams of curses in its wake. 
according to Shashank Bengali and Raman Mosigam uh, from the uh, Los Angeles Times, or who wrote for the Los Angeles Times. And then the Los Angeles Times used the popular Rich Kids of Turan Instagram account as an example. Attractive 2070s flat $1,000 Hermes sandals and frolic poolside at lavish mansions in a capital, perhaps in another part of town. The desperate hawk their own kidneys to feed their families. So I don't know who's behind that Instagram page. I mean, for all I know, it's the CIA. That's kind of a joke, but sadly, it could be true. It wasn't one of the Black Lives, top Black Lives Matter websites found to be a, a Russian site or something like that. So you see these weird things pop up by different countries as a means of propaganda to create instability. However, I really doubt that an Instagram page started the protests. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think... I mean, I had hoped something would good, good would come out of it. But I think there is a pretty big wealth divide in Iran. It used to be... Well, there used to be a much more of a middle class there. I think most people there are very poor. And when one corrupt regime, even if you know, protests throw them out, the, the uh, sadly the country typically installs a, a uh, just as corrupt regime to take the old one's place. In other news, Trump postponed a fake news awards ceremony or something, and I don't think anybody really knows what it's going to be. But he posted it on Twitter. The fake news awards, those going to the most corrupt and biased of the mainstream media, will be presented to the losers on Wednesday, January 17th, rather than this coming Monday. The interest in and importance of these awards is far greater than anyone could have anticipated. So that made the news, and then some of the late night hosts capitalized on it, trying to, hoping to get their names in it. There's another article in World Night Daily. Title Hold On Trump Makes Everyone Wait on Fake News Awards. This article says on World Net Daily, don't expect Jim Acosta or Rachel Maddow to be strolling down a red carpet or arriving at the White House in limousines in a hopeful anticipation of accepting this dishonor. In fact, several late-night comedy hosts are actually campaigning for the public disgrace. That presumably will bring higher ratings. So, yeah, there's. I don't think there's anything available that I can see that says how you can watch this. If it'll be televised or if it'll just be a video on the White House YouTube channel, I have no idea. Maybe it'll just be a, a couple tweets. Article says, last November, President Trump first floated the idea of awarding a fake news trophy to media outlets to mark their distorted coverage of his presidency. 
We should have a contest as to which of the networks, plus CNN and not including Fox, is the most dishonest, corrupt, and or distorted political coverage of your favorite president. Me, he tweeted. So, yeah, Fox is... Um, well, I think one of the interesting things about Fox is that I think there's some studies done. And while a lot of networks like CNN, Washington Post, and so on were 90-something percent negative... On Trump, Fox was about half and half. So, half and half is good for Trump. I mean, that's how it was a while ago anyway. I wouldn't call, I well, yeah, I would, I would call fake, or I would call Fox fake news as well. Though they seem to... Uh, been keeping their sanity a little bit better than a lot of the other networks lately. The Bannon story really isn't all that interesting to me. I think I'll skip that, but it is pretty, um, I guess, interesting in the fact that I didn't see it coming. So this book comes out, Bannon makes statements in the book. Apparently, Bannon releases a statement... On Donald Trump Jr. With Bannon criticizing Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with the uh, Russian national. He says, uh, quote, My comments about the meeting with Russian nationals came from my life experiences as a naval officer stationed aboard a destroyer whose main mission was to hunt Soviet submarines to my time at the Pentagon during the Reagan years when our focus was to defeat the evil empire and to make and making films about Reagan's war against the Soviets, Hillary Clinton's involvement, selling uranium to them. My comments were an, aimed at Paul Manafort, seasoned campaign professional with experience and knowledge of how Russians operate. You should have known that they are duplicitous, cunning, and not our friends. To radiate those comments are not aimed at Donald Jr. That's from a New York Times article. I'm going to look for a recent article about this JFK airport and see where they're at with that. Article on USA Today titled, Why Was New York's JFK Airport Such a Mess for So Long After the Storm? This is a winter snowstorm that walloped. The East Coast last night startled flights. When I say last night, this is an article from the 10th. Last week, rather, not not night. Star flights at airports from Georgia to New England, but none hit harder than New York's JFK International Airport. Airport suffered an operational uh, operation meltdown that left passengers scrambling days after the storm had passed. Flyers complained that workers had little information to pass along. Flights broke out as frustrations. Or fights broke out as frustrations mounted. No, flights did not break out. Just fights. And a water pipe burst in a terminal building Sunday, adding to the misery. And so even on Wednesday, which is yesterday, nearly a week. Full week later, images showed piles of luggage stacked at JFK, still waiting to be reunited with passengers. Apparently, luggage was left behind. Some luggage. 
According to an article in NBC New York, they're being stored at a hotel ballroom. 400 bags and not returned to passengers on Thursday. According to this article, at the height of the JFK baggage disaster, tens of thousands of bags had been separated from their owners, according to two sources familiar with the situation. Can't they name the sources? Does it have to be anonymous? I don't know if this was uh, that sensitive of an issue. Although they, they might identify, one of these might be the NYU student, Michelle Tai. They keep telling me we found your bag when they clearly did not. She says, in a quote, I've never lost a bag that took more than an hour. Usually it's, it got on the truck. We're not going to bring it over. She said, it's never been, it's lost into the ether. That's interesting. I've heard people say just in normal situations, they've lost bags and said that it's a common occurrence. I don't fly a ton, but I've flown a handful of times. Luckily, I've gotten my bags back. Moving on. Article on azcentral.com, Cliven Bundy walks free as federal judge dismisses Bundy Ranch standoff case. Nevada rancher Cliven Bundy walked free from a federal courthouse Monday for the first time since his arrest two years ago on charges that led to an armed rebellion against the government in 2014. Bundy 71 was greeted by cheers from a crush of supporters who jammed the courtroom and greeted him outside with hugs, placards, cards, tears, and cries of liberty and freedom. So this is a pretty interesting conclusion to the story. I've been following it since 2014. I actually was watching the live stream of the standoff as it was happening. And if you haven't seen it, I, I recommend you watch. Maybe you can find uh, some highlights of that on YouTube. This is one of those stories that you have to really dig around to get all the information of. There's a there's a whole uh, there's a pretty big story behind all of this. Uh, enough to write a pretty big book. It's not just as cut and dry as uh, some people think, or some people assume. A lot of little factoids that are interesting about this. About the Bundys, the ranch, the BLM, Harry Reid and his son. Chinese companies, cattle and desert tortoises and other. Now the case was tossed due to the uh, what the federal prosecutors or how they handled the case. U.S. District Court Judge Gloria Navarro said federal prosecutors acted recklessly and engaged in deliberate attempt to mislead and distort the truth by failing to turn over evidence that could have helped exonerate the four defendants. 
Two of the other ones being Cliveman Bundy's son and a, according to this article, militia member, Ryan Payne. And further down in the article, further, further down, a evidence included records about surveillance at the Bundy Ranch, maps about government surveillance, records about the presence of government snipers, FBI logs about activity at the ranch in the days leading up to the standoff, law enforcement assessments dating to 2012 that found the Bundys posed no threat, and internal affairs reports about misconduct by Bureau of Land Management agents. You know, one of the things that I think got a lot of uh, you know the so-called militia members I guess you could maybe safely call them militia members. I'm not really sure. Uh, what got their support were were videos in the midst of this stuff, you know, before the standoff of the BLM setting up a free speech area, expecting the protesters to go in this predetermined area after some scuffles. A dog attack, uh, uh, a police dog attacking somebody. One of the Bundy son, Bundy sons getting tased. So I think a lot of people that aren't really aware of the story, they don't really understand how they could have gotten off. They think, well, what they all they heard were, you know, they met the BLM with guns. Pointing their guns at them and all this other stuff. And there are a bunch of outlaws and freeloaders and all this and that. But in this story and in others, the BLM has a pretty long track record of shady practices, to say the least. And many of these shady practices go unpunished. And I doubt anybody's going to punish anybody at the BLM for anything that happened. You're not, you know, they're not going to punish the prosecutors who withheld information for the trial. You'd think that in a just society that'd be illegal. But I don't really know all the terms. It's more illegal for a citizen to lie to the government than the government to lie to the citizens. I think that's a very easy case to make. If you think otherwise, let me know, please. Project Veritas videos going around is getting pop, uh, pretty popular. Now, there's undercover video. There's more coming out later. I'm not going to touch on it too much, but there's some... I think there were a lot of it were former employees talking about it, mostly. At least one current one, if I remember correctly. Talking about shadow banning, this is always speculated that Twitter is shadow banning. And what shadow banning is, is preventing somebody's tweets from showing up in searches. And they'll only show up for their own followers. And according to this video, or what these people are saying in the video, these former employees or current employees, is that it was designed for... Spam bots, Nigerian scammers, 
And of course, it's speculated that those tools were used to ban conservative voices. So I, I didn't think there was anything terribly damning in the video personally. It was heavily edited, so I hope they release more. And maybe I didn't think that it was all too damning just because I thought it was going on the entire time anyway. Same thing with YouTube and their trending algorithms. Twitter responds. Article on thehill.com titled Twitter defends enforcing our rules without bias after undercover video release as Twitter is maintaining its commitment to imposing company rules without bias after an undercover video purported to show an employee saying he would turn over President Trump's tweet and direct message to the Department of Justice. So that was another thing um, that was apparently damning or whatever. Uh, however, I don't really know the full context of it, of course. Now, the person I was asked that could have thought, well, if, it was, if they were subpoenaed for it, they would turn it over. As most companies would. There aren't a, f a whole lot of companies that will stand up to the government. I think there have been some that wanted to with the whole Patriot Act thing. Now, I don't know if this is AT&T. I'm just going off of memory again. Or some ISPs. It was released later on that they were... Or they had a back door for intelligence organizations and had those out of fear for being shut down or heavily fined after receiving threats. There's a viral video going around from a Louisiana teacher. As an article in USA Today, Louisiana teacher demands apology after being handcuffed at a meeting. The Louisiana middle school teacher who was thrown out of a school board meeting, handcuffed and booked on criminal charges, says she won't be silenced and wants an apology. Quote, by silencing my voice, they've take, also taken away or tried to take me away. Quote, by silencing my voice, they've also taken away or tried to take away my First Amendment right to speak. English teacher Shea Hargrave said in a video released by the Louisiana Association of Educators, I'm appalled and you should be too. And this was about a $38,000 raise for the school superintendent, though teachers have not received raise in uh, several years. Board President Anthony Fontana ruled Hargrave out of order, and a Abeville City Marshal official asked her to leave. Hargrave, the 2015-16 Teacher of the Year at Renee A. Rost Middle School, balked but then walked out. Video shot seconds later from the hallway shows the officer handcuffing a screaming Hargrave. She was booked on charges of remaining after being for, uh, forbidden and resisting an officer, but authorities said she will not be prosecuted. Um, the cop does tell her in the video to stop resisting, and she, I think she clearly wasn't resisting. He was trying to cuff her. She was scared, and I think she fell forward. 
Here's a quote from her. I was seriously panicked. I've never been handcuffed in my life. Uh, however, I don't know if there is a video of the exchange that had her ruled um, out of order. I haven't seen that. The only video that I've seen, which is circulating, is pretty much the scuffle of her walking out and then the handcuffing afterwards. Their article on ZeroHedge.com, I mentioned earlier, Walmart abruptly closing dozens of Sam Club stores, firing thousands on the same day it raised minimum wages. Walmart was quick to make a media splash with the news that it was raising its starting hourly wage to 11 bucks an hour, expanding employee benefits and offering worker bonuses up to $1,000 in response to the Trump tax cuts. It was far more covert. Covert, however, with the news that on the very same day it was also closing hundreds of Sam's Club stores nationwide and laying off thousands of workers, according to numerous media reports. I saw a report on my local news today. One of these stores in my area got closed, and it was closed pretty abruptly. They had video of a guy walking up to the door expecting to get in, and then they interviewed some other people in the parking lot that... I think wanted to shop there as well. So, possibly related. Other outlets are covering the story. They're not linking the two. Washington Post, Walmart raised uh, to raise starting hour, starting hourly wage to eleven dollars. New York Times, Walmart setting tax cuts will raise starting wages and, and expand benefits. Um, you know, if, if you're listening and you know of any good news searches that I can use other than Google, please let me know. I know Yahoo has one too, but they're kind of, you know, one in the same. Um, Google heavily places Washington Post, CNN, and New York Times up in the front. So you don't really get a mixed bag of opinions. And in this day and age, opinions are to be expected in the news, or a slant at least. So I try to read different slants and pull the truth out of each. I'm going to correct the Washington Post actually does mention the closings. Walmart says it's giving employees a raise and then it closes 63 stores. So there you go. Lay off a bunch to pay some more. Now, while a lot of people wouldn't want to work for less than $11 an hour, but I think a pretty good argument can be made that unemployment would almost vanish if there was no minimum wage. I think at least the law should be changed to remove minimum wage requirements for interns or People looking to learn a trade without going to school. Because on-the-job training, I think, is more valuable than college. College you pay for, on-the-job training pays you. Now, if a company can't, can't afford more employees, they can at least bring in interns or people that want to learn a trade for a cheaper rate. 
And a lot of people would gladly take those jobs. And in an environment where you have free enterprise, there will be competition between companies to either pay the most or offer the best package, benefits or otherwise, for their employees if they want the best employees, because the best employees are going to go to the highest paying jobs in the tune of, you know, supply and demand. Demand for skills. If you want the best skills, you need to supply the best wages to get those skills. Because smart people don't work for free if they have valuable skills. Or cheap. And here's a video. I haven't watched it yet. It's 56 seconds long, so I guess I'll just play it. Alright, it's just it's some video clips with some text. And these videos on these news sites are really terrible. I don't know if they do that to get an advertisement out of the beginning or the end of it, which is my what I speculate. I just can't think anybody's attention span is so terrible that they wouldn't want to read the article instead of this mediocre video. Maybe attention span isn't the correct term. I think I have somewhat of a short attention span. That's why I just rather read the article than watch some stupid video. And I can gather the data I need and go at my own pace. So this article on CNBC says President Trump repeated an earlier call for an internet tax in a thinly veiled shot at Amazon's Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post. Quote, the internet, they're going to have to start paying sales tax because it's very unfair what's happening to our retailers all over the country that are being put out of business. So, and they... He doesn't say Amazon, but they're going off of a tweet from December 29th as, that are saying, or justifying their claim that it was a thinly veiled shot at Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, as they added. They also didn't add the uh, $100 million contract with the CIA. Washington Post should put that at the end of every article. A little disclaimer there. But anyway, that tweet from December 29th says, from Donald Trump says, uh, why is the United States Post Office, which is losing many billions of dollars a year while charging Amazon and others so little to deliver their packages, making Amazon richer and the Post Office dumber and poorer, should be charging much more. So, Interesting. Now, I believe state taxes have already taken effect. Because at least some of the states. Anyway. I'm going to go on Trump's Twitter. See what he's tweeting now. Thanking Adam Levine. The Federalist in an interview on Fox and Friends. Apparently he said, Donald Trump is the greatest president our country has ever seen. Uh, he signed an act... A bipartisan act that apparently requires U.S. Customs and Border Protection to increase the number of chemical screening devices. 
for or used to interdict fentanyl and other narcotics illegally imported into the U.S. And he's tweeting about the FISA Act that was renewed. A lot of the surveillance from the uh, <clears throat> Patriot Act were renewed, all or all of them. And Trump tweeting that part of that law, part of that law may have been used to help with the dossier, the famous dossier that came out last year or late 2016. And as I'm reading this, Donald Trump tweets something brand new, and I didn't see it yet. It says, small business poll has highest approval numbers in their poll's history. All businesses, all businesses just at the beginning of something really special. And here's a clip from a CNBC show talking about Fiat Chrysler's plan to invest more than $1 billion in a Michigan plant and relocating their heavy truck production from Mexico to Michigan, adding 250 or 2,500 rather new jobs, paying a $2,000 bonus to U.S. employees. And that's according to Trump on his Twitter. So there will be a lot of news in the next coming days about this immigration bill going through. Trump wants a deal. He wants his wall and Democrats want their dreamers. So he's working on that. More Twitter stuff, I'm sure. I would say. As Congress grapples. As Cong and there's uh, a lot of stuff going on in the news, though I don't know if I can find a actual quote or a video. <clears throat> but there's a bunch of articles talking about Trump saying something about immigrants from shithole countries. And this article on New York Daily News says, Enraged President Trump questioned why the United States should allow people to come here from shithole countries during a heated White House meeting about Caribbean and African immigrants on Thursday, according to reports. Trump made a shocking remark during an Oval Office sit-down attended by several members of Congress to people familiar with the matter told Washington Post. So this is more anonymous sources. Quote, why are we having all these shit or people from shithole countries come here? End quote, apparently. The president reportedly refumed, or the president reportedly fumed after an attendant proposed to restore protections from immigrants from Haiti, El Salvador, and some African nations ravaged by war and natural disasters. Senator Lindsey Graham and Richard Durbin were among the attendants. Sources said no information on the sources. Mia Love, a Republican congresswoman of Haitian descent called on Trump to apologize. Says remarks were unacceptable. Article claims that Trump's comments were blasted by both sides. I don't know if the White House responded or admitted to such comments. Could be one of those fake stories from fake sources. Who really knows? 
I wonder if Lindsey Graham or any of these other guys will confirm this. Now, apparently, Mexican President Vicente Fox, former Mexican president, tweeted about it. So he, 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 he's going along with this. At real Donald Trump, your mouth is the foulest shithole in the world. He dashed, or he dashed it out, or, or this article on New York Daily News did anyway. With what authority do you proclaim who's welcome in America and who's not? America's greatness is built on diversity, or if you've forgotten your immigrant's background, Donald, he fumed. Reading through the article here, it's all reportedly this and reportedly that. Uh, I have a feeling, though, however, even if it's true, it's not going to really have that much of an, an effect. So I think a lot of the people that support Trump, and even some that don't, want more careful immigration practices. And I don't personally think it's so much that people come from, you know, quote, shithole countries. Maybe I should say lackluster countries. I don't know. Um, that's not necessarily bad. It's more of an ideological thing. You know, you don't want to just bring in people as a act of charity. You want to bring in people who have an action plan to assist in the economy or who can be a valuable part of it and who values free enterprise and traditional American values such as civil liberties and so on but I'll cut myself off there cut myself off from ranting about who we should bring in and who we shouldn't (laughs) Um, and I'm going to call it a wrap for this show Caldwell Madison Review episode 80 I want to thank you for tuning in and you can uh, well leave a comment on wherever you're watching this. The show's on, well, not all. You can leave a comment on Blog Talk Radio, but the show's on iTunes and a bunch of these other podcast services. And you can find me on Gab and Minds at Caldwell Madison. Uh, Twitter, which I do post the shows on at called mad and you can just email me adam at caldwellmadison.com if you'd like to weigh in on anything or tell me what you think of this show i'd appreciate it whether it's good or bad Um, and i'm going to wish everybody a great weekend and i'll hope to catch you next time